0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Media Mates Podcast. My name's Ralph Tucker. Each week, I'll chat to somebody I've met from my career in and around the media industry. All of them have so many great stories to tell. I'm not Michael Parkinson or, in fact, Andrew Denton, but I do enjoy talking to interesting media people about where they've been and where they're headed next. My guest today is Sarah Harris from Channel 10. Sarah has spent the last two years as host of the morning show Studio 10 and also the Shark Tank. Before that, she was an on-the-road reporter with Channel 9 in Sydney and Brisbane. We chat about her tough upbringing, how she deals with trolls and the paparazzi, what's wrong with Gen Y, working with the legendary Ida Buttrose, and what kind of mum she hopes to be. Sarah Harris is one of the most warm, friendly, and engaging people I've met, so I hope you enjoy our chat. Hello,
1: Sarah Harris. It's been a while since I've seen you, huh? How are you going? I'm great. I'm great. I'm literally about to pop.
0: Yeah, I know. I was going to say that. When?
1: <laughs> I, I, I know that you. Uh, I noticed that you uh, you didn't, which is a very good thing to do, <laughs> um, because a lot of people like to point it out. Oh, gee, look huge. <laughs> um, now, I'm pretty good. I'm actually feeling. I'm feeling really good mentally. My brain won't stop. Um, physically, I'm a bit sore. It's a big kid I'm carrying, yeah. um, and his his head is quite low at the moment, so I um I'm waddling around, but um I, I, I can still work, so I'm I'm doing it for as long as I can to yeah. pay the bills. And
0: when does that uh, wrap up for you?
1: Um, I am taking maternity leave in a couple of weeks because I'd rather ha- ha- to have extra time at home with the baby rather than have all this time in the lead up worrying. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit of a I think nesting early. might be overrated. Well, that's all done. <laughs> I've done it all. I, I'm so ready for this kid now. Um, and I just, I think if I sit at home with nothing to do, I'll just do my head in. But I think, you know, it'll be nice to have this extra few weeks with the bub once he arrives. And that's due around Christmas time. A couple of days before Christmas, they've now said so. um, Yeah, twenty third of December. So it's exciting. Nice time of you to have a baby.
0: Celebrations and celebrations. There's not quite uh, anything wrong with that,
1: is there? No, no. It's um, you know, it's funny because like every year. you know, in journalism, I have, in my 16 year career, I have worked over Christmas and I volunteered because I think, you know, when you're a pup reporter, you have to volunteer and, you know, give the the days off to the people with kids because Christmas is about kids. And I find myself on a couple of weeks break this Christmas having my own kids. So it's
0: pretty special. And it's a great opportunity around that time. I mean, people aren't switching off the TV, are they? So, um, you know, to sort of, Spread your wings and sort of get your name out there during that period is uh, definitely a good thing. That
1: that that's always yeah that's that and and that's you, you know you've always looked at the Christmas period being a young person, a young journo as your time to shine. You know, when it's when all the big people go on holidays and you get to fill in on the grown ups desk. But um, I, I get to go away this year and uh, and and put time and energy into this little life, which is just weird.
0: Yeah, it'll be exciting for yeah, you. I know. Um just one thing: the when you put your name into Google, do you know what comes up? No. I had to, and I thought I'd do a bit of research on this before I. Uh, come I don't. There, there's actually there's a
1: porn star called Sarah Harris.
0: Really? Yep. She didn't come up. <laughs> um, maybe I'll have to go back and have a second look. <laughs> um, but uh, the first three things that come up when you Google Sarah Harris are age, wedding, and Instagram.
1: Is that? Right. Yeah, Age. Wow. Yeah, so well, for the record I'm 34. Um my wedding I was we- married last year so 2014 yeah. um mid July. And Instagram. I um
0: You're pretty we- active on social,
1: aren't you? I t- I love social media. I think it's um it's a really good way to connect with people. Um particularly viewers and uh you know throughout the show um on Studio 10 I find that I'm, you know, not only writing scripts and hosting a show and trying to keep everyone kind of in line on the panel, but I'm also looking at real time comments that are coming in from viewers, and it's it's a really handy tool. I don't know how we did the whole media thing without social social, social media.
0: And it, how do you handle it? Obviously, it's not all positive. A majority for you, you know, from what I look at, seems to be, but there are a few haters out oh there. Oh my god!
1: So ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Of people are beautiful, and and fun, and clever, and engaging, and you know they just they just want to make connections online like anyone else. I mean, I've had a a couple of absolute dickheads that I've had to block. (laughs) I had one; it was quite scary actually. And I've spoken about this before, but um, this bloke kept um, sending me messages saying he wanted to rape and kill me and um, that you know, he hoped my husband beat me. It was really, it was like really awful stuff.
0: Top notch fella.
1: Yeah and I just, you you block and report that's, you just can't, you cannot you cannot negotiate with lunatics so you just block and report and walk away from it if people are just a bit like they're they're kind of acting like dickheads and just throwing you a bit of heat, I like to push the mute button because what happens they don't know that you've muted them Right. they can't see that you've blocked them, they can only See, they can't see anything, they think you can still hear them. Ah. So, as they rant and rant and rant and rant and rant, they're thinking that you're seeing it, but you're not. So, I, I meet people all the time that you know that are annoying me, <laughs> but mostly, but mostly, I um,
0: because you're s- at a pretty early uh embracer of social media when you're even when you're at. Channel 9, 9 and so forth, like yeah. that. I mean, you've always been. Twitter.
1: I love Twitter. It's, um, I've met some, some of my best friends on Twitter. It was really, really weird. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, particularly it started out as a reporting tool, um, and was, came in very handy when I was reporting on things like, you know, the Queensland floods and, um, the Victorian bushfires and things like that. Um, but, you know, in, Instagram's a bit more fun. It's a bit more personal. I was thinking about getting Snapchat.
0: I haven't embraced Snapchat. What do you think? Are we, t-
1: are we too old for
0: Snapchat? Maybe we are. What? I, what? It's like you take the photos and then they disappear. Is that how it yeah, works? Yeah, but they
1: don't really disappear. That's no. the that's, that's the thing that concerns it's me. Bit of a myth yeah we can screenshot it of course right. and um and snapchat's just released this new policy that says that they own all of the photos that are sent through snapchat so you just yeah. think oh god if i if i put something not that i'm going to be you know putting anything risque up but yeah. the whole point is is to be a bit fun and a bit shocking but I don't know if I can handle another social media account.
0: No, it's like a full-time job, <laughs> isn't it? Keeping oh up with social. Oh my god!
1: I had to cancel my. had to cancel my Facebook page because it was just, it was too much. I mean, what LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. It was just. I had Vine for a while, and I was just like, "You really
0: are the poster girl for social." Work. you'll try anything. Well, you'll give it a crack.
1: I, but, but 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 yeah. But I, I kind of I've, I've I've stayed true to Twitter. I really have. I, I Twitter, Instagram. I kind of, I don't know. I, I I kind of treat it as something to make people laugh. Yeah. you know, to um, you know, I love I love a And you don't them. tend to
0: get too personal on there. It's not like a, a, a like a no holds barred. It's like you do have some no. boundaries on it.
1: Yeah, I do, including and I. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure which way I'll go yet, but you know, when this kid's born. I want yes. to share it with people. But at the same time, my husband is like, you are absolutely not putting any photos of our kid on Instagram.
0: Oh, wow. You've been, you've been given a ban. The,
1: the, the right act. I've been read the right act. Um, yeah, it's um,
0: – Is that because he doesn't want – Well, he's he not, wants to remain private or well, is he does not yeah. want to become like one of those baby spammers, which we all <laughs> say we're not going to be, but we end up becoming. Um, I'll speak from personal experience there. And then, you know, and then a couple of months in, you kind of think, oh – I'll hold back a little bit. But you're so excited to share your know, little that, one with the world. I that's the dilemma. But that's you've got this dilemma. great profile out there that says, you well, know, well, the
1: the dilemma is this. So, you know, you 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 know, as a I can see it from both sides. As a parent, you are so proud and you want to show your baby off and you want to share funny moments and you know, I think from what everyone's told me, you think your baby is the most beautiful thing on the on the planet. Um so, you know, in in one way you want to do that, but on the other hand, um you know, Tom sort of said, look, once you put those fighters out there, they're there for the world to see forever, you know, and they'll always be searchable on the internet. And you just think, you know, this poor kid, what if he doesn't want a public profile? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and, and Tom, for example, my husband, he is, he, he's not shy by any stretch, but he does not court media attention at all. He wouldn't come to, with me to a red carpet event or anything like that. And... Um, You've got to respect that privacy.
0: Do you find that um, a good balance for you in terms of your yes. life, you being out there and absolutely. him being private? So when you have your private time and your private moments, they are exactly that.
1: Definitely. And, yeah, I, I do. And I think that's kind of what um, keeps me so grounded. I mean, I I rarely go to recap and stuff unless, unless I af- absolutely have to, but, um, but, uh, you know, it, it's very easy to get caught up in the shallow, shallowness um, of of the media and having someone like Tom around who, you know, just looks at me sometimes when I've got myself into a tiz about something, he'll just go – Dude, you know, you're not curing cancer, you know. And it's so true. It's so true. And it's, it's great to have that kind of, that yin and yang, you know. I think if, um, if I was dating someone else in the media and it was all about media all the time, I don't know if I'd cope with that because, um. Constant just, spotlight is. Yeah, you just need to be. Yeah, yeah. I just. I don't know. I think it, yeah, it, it'd be hard to hard to separate your, you know your work life from you know your your personal life. But um, and you've had to call so out that's... a few
0: people like uh, a couple of months ago when you know you're getting photographed walking out I know, of here and, you know, I know in your casual clothes. I mean.
1: Can you believe that? She's pregnant. Well, I know. Well, <laughs> wants to be comfortable. And the thing is, and the thing is, like I just, I mean, I didn't because there's the Daily Mail, and uh, the, the year before, they actually photographed me in my wedding dress three days before my wedding, and they put, um, so they'd put it, they'd put a camera right up against the glass of a boutique that I was at, and you could see into the dressing room, and I was there trying on my dress three days before the wedding. And they ran all of these pictures all over the mail website, and you know I, I, yeah I, I kind of you know I was like, "Oh look, you know I'm not going to get upset about it because for me, it's not about just the date, it's about the marriage one, two It's not like I had a magazine deal to protect or anything like that, but I was I was, I was a bit pissed off about it because it was like, you know man, I, I wanted my husband to see the dress yeah. for the first time when I was walking down the aisle not on, on a website and uh you know i saw, but i I shut my mouth about it at the time, and I didn't say anything and then, when they kind of ran these photos, which you know i i'm pregnant <coughs> I'm pregnant and um you know the, the the insinuation was she looks massive and she looks gross and I went. You know what? No, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stand up for myself this time. I'm not gonna wear that. Yeah, and I thought, and, and, and not just for me, but for all the other women who, 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 who feel, you know, frumpy or, or fat yeah. during pregnancy. Yeah, pregnancy isn't this Earth Mother beautiful experience for everyone. It's hard enough
0: as it is, yeah. let alone being you know photographed when you. Not at your best.
1: <laughs> well, but look, but what, the point I wanted to make was, though, that that's completely fine. Like, that's how normal pregnant women look, you know. Yeah. Well, not normal because normal's different for everyone, but that's just how a pregnant woman can look. And, um, you know, five days a week, I mean, I'm lucky enough to come in here and get tarted up by the girls in makeup and have my full hair and full makeup done. And I was actually glad in a way that people had seen me like that because, you know, I thought, well, you know, you you don't want to, you don't want to give people the impression that, you know, pregnancy is just this beautiful, easy, natural, you know, Mm goddess-like journey for everyone. You know, like when I leave here, I look like a dad, like everyone else, you know? So, and I, and I, I think that really resonated with a few people. And um, I had had some beautiful comments and, and messages from other pregnant women who went, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. I thought it was just me. Like I look at all these other beautiful mums who have just got the, you know, it looks like they've just got a basketball up their dress, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. I've I've blown out, my ankles are swollen, my face is, you know, puffy. And it was good for them to go, you know.
0: She's like that too. And yeah, that's she's, right. on, she's on TV five days a week.
1: That's right, and there's nothing right And then there's nothing wrong with it. So, do you yeah. find it
0: also surprising as well? Like everyone, we've got quite a few mutual friends within the media industry. We know each other a little bit. Yeah, everyone that says Sarah Harris, cool chick. Is it surprising that people are like that interested in what you do? Outside
1: work and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it is, and I think it's just it's uh, uh you know this uh, da- Daily Mail has definitely changed it up a bit. Like you know it's sort of you know E D F G H I J K list celebrities, yeah. celebrities, and I use celebrities with quotation marks <laughs> around it because um, you do think you know uh, you know I've just touched a little morning show. You wonder why people even care, um, but you know they've 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 got a they've got a kind of fill um fill pages and, and, and get clicks and um it's 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 cheap content. Apparently when um I was photographed in my wedding dress, um the PAPs sold the photos to the Daily Mail for like a hundred dollars each. Wow. <laughs> Big I know, there. which which I was like, am I not worth more than that? That's kind of depressing, oh, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, like apparently, starting starting price is like fifty bucks, and I was like, oh, oh god. Um, but yeah, so it's um, it's uh, it, it, it is it is a bit strange, and you know. But I just I don't get caught up in it, you know. Like I I, I don't go to things very often. I'm 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 a bit of a homebody, and. Um, I don't know, like I just, I don't know, I don't really have celebrity friends or anything like that, I just I just kind of like coming to work, doing my little thing and then um, and then heading home.
0: Studio 10, talk to me about it, it looks like a whole lot of fun every fun. five days a week, oh, it's been God. going for two years now? Two years, we just celebrated our two year
1: birthday, which is amazing um, because, God, we didn't know how long it would stay on air,
0: Well, you, know? you lead in show... Went for the high jump fairly early. Didn't yeah, it? it
1: did, and it was re- It was a really shitty time um, because, you know, we had friends who were working on the early morning news and the eleven o'clock news, and also wake up, who lost their jobs six months in. You know, and um, that's that's really hard to watch your, your mates lose jobs. I've been made redundant before back in my early days, which is probably why I live in constant fear of losing my job. Will do. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. Well, I was. Um, I was at Channel Seven at the time, and I was made redundant from a show um, which was supposed to be a two-year run. It ended after three months, um, but yeah, look, it was um, it, it was it was a gamble. I think leaving Nine and coming over to Ten to try something new. But I'm really glad I made the decision.
0: Yeah, and you've um, got Shark Tank as well. So. Shark Tank,
1: which I just finished shooting, actually, which right. was hectic but amazing. Um, that was pretty pretty awesome. We shot. Hundred and ten pitches in three weeks. Wow! Yeah, that's it was tracking. full on day. So like 12, 12 hour days, and um, they just do pitch after pitch after pitch. I think the, um, the Sharks spent something like ten million bucks this year on investments. Wow. So um, that's wonderful. But yeah, like it's just, I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to. I had, was at nine for twelve years, and I think sometimes you have to roll the dice and go. What else is there, you so know? So what
0: prompted that transition obviously going from on the road reporter yep. to now host? Uh do you find yourself getting itchy feet at time like watching the news at night just thinking Jeez, it's a big story. Gee, I wish I was there. Yeah, and you do, me.
1: you do. And I mean, I was on the road for sixteen years, and I loved every second of it. And I've got to say, I um, like when something like the Paris massacre happens, I mean, you don't you you don't kind of get excited about it, but you think, God, I wish I was there. I wish I was part of that. You know, talking to people, that type of thing. I've um, well, finding out. Yeah, th- that's like... right, and being part of history in a way, you know, and um. Yeah, I, I, you do you do get itchy feet and you do miss it. Um, I actually went down to cover the Adelaide bushfires earlier this year um, in January um, and basically anchor Studio 10 from there, which was good to get out. It was good to get out and um, roll your sleeves up and, and get back to doing kind of just good solid reporting and um, we got really good feedback from that. But it's good that I can have a job where I can sit at a desk and, you know, a lot of it's live, improvised, you know, stuff. I'm keeping a, a panel of extraordinary journos in Joe Hildebrand, Ida Butros, and Jessica Rowe, um, keeping them the, the conversation flowing with them. So you know. you're almost
0: like a traffic cop in Hawaii. Aren't
1: you? I know I am. <laughs> I am. They keep calling me the bus driver. But, um, and look, and sometimes it's switching gears. I mean, God, you know, you're switching gears from, you know, one minute. Yeah, the Paris massacres to the next minute, you know, talking about why Kim Kardashian wants a push present after her baby's born, you know, but I think, um, it's, 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 it's really wonderful training, you know, and it's been, um, it, you know, I've just been kind of thrown in the deep end because like, so I was doing a little bit of presenting at nine. Um, but my confidence just soared when I got here because you didn't have time to think, you just do it. And,
0: um, Anybody so has it, has it been well. comfortable? Do you feel relaxed, now? more relaxed now? It's more relaxed, yeah.
1: more relaxed. I think, um, and I'm not sure why, maybe because it's the first, like, maybe it's because it was the first job where it was actually mine. I wasn't just filling in and wasn't expected to step into someone else's shoes and be like them. I could just be myself. Yeah. Um. That's why I was hired. Maybe a bit of confidence came from that. Maybe it was just, you know, um, getting older. You know, I started in TV when I was 16 and, uh, you know, to grow up, you know, constantly as the kid, you do get that mentality of, oh, I'm just the kid, I'm just the kid, I'm just the kid. Yeah. But I think to switch networks and to, you know, to have, um, you know, the training of nine behind me, you know, I kind of looked back and went, you know what, I've actually I've worked my butt off and I should be really proud of where I am. It's
0: getting your flying
1: hours up, right? It, you know. Totally, totally. That's right. So, I mean, we've done, what, something like 550 episodes. Um at, at, at two and a half hours per episode, that's a lot. That's a lot of lot of time in the chair.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You mentioned Dee, that you started at sixteen. Let's go like way back. Was mm-hmm. that always the plan for you, journalism no. or anything like that? What, no. what What was it when you were a kid that you thought? I really want to be that. Well,
1: it was dumb luck, actually. I um, I wanted to be a lawyer, and uh, I you would have made a good lawyer, you through, reckon? reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I um, I was was doing work experience. Basically, we had to, we all had, had to basically put forward what we wanted to do for work experience, and I wanted to go to a law firm, and they said to me, the school said to me, look, we could only get you in at Channel Seven in Brisbane, and um, I was there for a week. And I just fell in love with the place. I fell in love with the newsroom. I got to see up close, you know, um, how bulletins were put together. It was a really big news week that week. Uh, Michael Hutchins was um, being buried. Right. Um, You know, it was just, it was just, it was all kind of systems go, and I just got bitten by the news bug. And then after that, at the end of the week, because I was coming in early, like sweeping floors, and they're like, why are you sweeping floors? I'm like, I just want a job here. And um, they actually gave me a job recording the news on weekends. So while I was in grade 12, I was doing that every second weekend. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I just made coffee for people, did photocopying, you know, did shot listing, whatever they wanted me to do. And, you know, did that for a couple of years and then they said, do you want to do you want to have a go at writing the weather? And I was like, absolutely, you know. And then from there, it you know it became you know Would you mind going out and doing this quick interview for one of the journalists in the newsroom who's tied up? Yeah. And then that becomes can you write this? And that becomes actually just put a voice down. And then that becomes so you're going out to do the story. It's so. just
0: being there yep. and being useful in whatever capacity you want to be. I my experience is exactly the same. Just really turning up in radio and just being there and all of a sudden you're doing jobs that somebody else is too busy to do and Mm -hmm. then you're there one day a week and then it's four and then it's like you're part of the team. And I guess I think a little bit of that has been lost in the current day, wouldn't you say? It's just like people don't seem as eager to do stuff for nothing. I know it's general manager on it's, day one or bus. Are
1: we old? Because I think like, well, how
0: old are you? I'm 38. So. so I'm
1: on the so you're an X. You're Gen X. Yeah. I'm on the cusp of X and Y. And I but we could take you as an ex. Yeah, no, I know, That's I know. I, I like to claim myself as an ex. Um, like I'm just on the cusp, um, and it's very debatable, that cusp. But, yeah, I know I'm, I'm the same. Like you see sort of kids walk through today, and it's not And I never tar- thought
0: that I'd be a back-in-my-day kind of I guy. Know,
1: that- I know, I <laughs> know. And you sort of, you know, and look, it, it, it would be unfair to tar all Gen Ys with this brush, but sometimes you just look at kids and you think, You know, and and the way they speak to older people and how, I don't know, like I was just very scared and very respectful of it. I was like a church mouse in the museum back in the day. And then you see these little Gen Yers walking around kind of, you know, high-fiving people and demanding to be, you know, called senior staff and you're like – what
0: happened? Yeah, I don't know. You Is know? it just the way that they've or, grown or, or, up in or, this generation? I don't or? know. And,
1: and even the way, like we, we, had, we had a kid, I've heard some kids talking about how badly they're paid in the media and they're like, oh, you know, $80,000 a year. Oh my god! I almost frigging died. I was like, when I started back in my day, like (laughs) my first big job was twenty three thousand dollars a year, yeah. And um, you know, I was getting paid twelve bucks an hour to record the news at Channel Seven. You know, when I was at high school, I thought that was huge. And and, you know, you just sort of think, man, like that's that's good coin. That's really good coin. (laughs) You know,
0: it's funny that a couple of weeks ago i had an instance with a you know a, a younger person <laughs> said to me so i said she said that she was leaving the weekend shift and i said oh really how's it how long have you been working weekends for she said 18 months she said how long have you been doing it for i said 20 years yeah and her face just dropped and i was just like you do what you have to do of you know you know news and 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 media is not 9 to 5 monday to friday no. It's 24-7, no, you it's know, right. and increasingly it has become more so, you know. It's just just a the mentality these days, is just a whole lot different to, you know, trying to get in and trying to get a start and being eager and enthusiastic about, you know, trying to do what you want to do and formulate your career I don't
1: know. I mean, Chris, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, yeah. I had them off. I, I only started having them off when I got to 10 two years ago, and I was thirty two years old, and I'd been working in TV since I was sixteen. You just, you do it. You work. You work every public holiday. You suck it up, and you be thankful for your job, and you're thankful for the experience.
0: Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. We'll throw the uh, the younger generation out the window, maybe. We're get, we're, we're
1: going to get so trolled after this conversation.
0: <laughs> oh, no, it'll be fine. Um, so tell me about. Growing up, you're Sydney born but Brisbane raised. Is that Yeah, right? a bit of
1: a, a bit of a mutt and a bit of a, a gypsy, actually. Um, yeah, i born in um, born in New South Wales. It's it just it, it annoys people so much. That I was born in New South mm-hmm. Wales, and you know I'm a fierce, fierce Maroon supporter. Um, but I was born in Western Sydney. Yep. Um, in Mount Druitt, uh, single mum, bit of a rough start to life. And when I was seven, moved to Queensland, um, just like Charlotte and, uh, Charlotte and Scott did in Neighbours, um, <laughs> to live with my grandparents. Right. And then we, and we stayed there, um, until, um, I was 27 when I moved back down to Sydney for work. So, um, yeah, I've sort of flicked between the two, but I would say even though I was born in New South Wales, it's, I'm, I'm a Queenslander. Yeah, and people hate it when I say that, but <laughs> I just, you know, for me,
0: it was a it was no informative a, years.
1: They were, you know, they really were, and um, you know, I, I, yeah, I just. I grew up on um, Bribie Island, which is a, um, it's it's an island accessible by a bridge. But uh, it's just, I mean, you're surrounded by the beach and, you know, I had my childhood on bikes and dancing and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was um, fond memories and good times.
0: What did you learn from that experience? Like you said, you had a bit of a disjointed upbringing. Has that formulated you as a person? Absolutely, absolutely. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, it has. It's, uh, it's. It's taught me never to take success for granted. It's taught me to work my absolute ass off on things. Um, I was a housing commission kid and we didn't have any money. And, you know, my mother who was, you know, 18 when she had me, a week after her 18th birthday I was born. Um, You know, she had the weight of the world on her shoulders, but she still had really good advice for me and that was we might not have much money, but you can work really hard at school and whatever you work hard for, you know, you will get. And I did. I pushed myself as a kid and, you know, And even when we first moved to to Queensland, we lived in caravan parks, you know, for a couple of years. We just had no, we were just so broke, you know, I got called the the poor kid at school and missed out on going on excursions and and that type of thing. Mum did the absolute best she could, but, Mm. you know, with two kids, it was, it was really tough and and not much family around. Um, so yeah, so that, it's taught me, it's taught me, um, yeah, def- definitely empathy. Definitely to be so grateful for what I have now, and
0: um, a hard work ethic, and and, and,
1: and and work your bloody ass off, you know. Um, so when, when the whole struggle street thing happened on SBS earlier this year, I mean that was that was in Mount Druitt, and you know not all of Mount Druitt is like that, of course. No. Uh, my grandmother still lives out at St Mary's. I go and see her um, often, but. You know there are pockets like that, and um, it's you know it's it's really hard for these kids who, you know, might not have the opportunity of leaving like we did, and or or, or, or they might not have you know a family member or a teacher or, or or someone you know older than them who believes in them and wants to see them succeed. And yeah. I had that, and um, and I'm forever grateful for that.
0: Yeah, well, I work with Mark Iyer at Triple M, as you know, I love him. and. Do you know what I love nice, about him as well? Yeah. That he
1: still lives in Penrith and he loves the place. Yeah. I think loves that's it. yeah, that's great.
0: Um, he's a guy that you know he'll openly admit went off the rails when he was a, a young footballer. I mean, he had the world at his feet and whatever. But it wasn't until he had kids that he woke up to himself. And now there's not a more respected respectable guy Family when it comes man. to. Listening to people and being friendly and kind, and all something that you wouldn't have expected from him twenty years ago when he was running around for Penrith. Um,
1: fun fact, yeah. fun fact: when um, when he was a young footballer, my mother was a bartender at the Colliton Hotel and used to serve him. Wow. So, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how how life changes, but yeah, he's a good man. He's a good dude, and you know, I think, you know, um, by and large, people the people of Western Sydney, they just it's bloody hard workers, you know, just good, sort of down to earth, salt of the earth people, you know, who are just trying to provide the best they can for their families. It's
0: about opportunity, right? You mentioned totally. that before. It's just like some people, you know, go seeking it, other people are afforded it. Yep. Um, it's what you make of it. Isn't totally, really?
1: yeah.
0: I wanted to touch on what it's like working here with somebody like Vida Buttrose every day, it must be. For someone who has been a journo for sixteen years to have someone there that's a pioneer for not only in journalism but also for women in media.
1: Uh, it's 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 really extraordinary. Um, I was because there was a bit of there was a bit of. Um, uh, uh, Downtime for me between leaving nine and ten because basically because I was leaving for a rival network they they, they put, put you me on gardening leave which is absolutely fine because I just you know I taught myself how to cook in those couple of months but <laughs> um not being on air every day it does you know what it's like it it kind of it can zap your confidence being on air is almost like oxygen yeah. and um so I, so I felt a bit out of practice and I was like how. I had too much time to think. I was like, "How in God's name am I going to be able to, you know, direct a panel that Ida buttresses is on? I, I can't do this. I, I, I've bitten off way more than I can chew." Um, but you know what? She she was one of my biggest supporters from the very start, and she gives the most incredible advice. She's tough. You know, she's,
0: she's, she's, if, if she wouldn't be putting up with any rubbish from Gen Y.
1: No, she doesn't. She doesn't. And, you know, if she, if she feels though, if she feels as if something is, has been, you know, done incorrectly or, or, you know, the, the, the show isn't going in the right direction, she'll certainly say something. But at the same time, she's also the softest, sweetest woman you will ever meet. Like she has been amazing all through my wedding. A wedding period was amazing, and has been so excited and so cute about this baby coming. Um, you know, and 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 really, kind of being a support for me in that way as well. Much like Jessica Rowe, who's just like the big sister I'd never had.
0: Um, it seems like an odd mix, but at the same time, like it, it just seems to to gel together.
1: It works, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. she's uh, yeah, it is because you know Ice is obviously the matriarch. And that's the other thing, you know, like she's, she comes across prim and proper, but, man, she has a wicked sense of humour. She can, like, have us crying sometimes with laughter. She's hilarious. I'd imagine
0: she'd have some of the best stories in relation to media, having to work for the Packers and so forth. I know. I mean, just, uh, just that rich history of, of of doing that and being around in the, you know, those formative years of the 60s and the 70s and, it would be amazing. She's
1: a vault. She's a vault. She's not yeah. going to tell anyone that. Um, she, uh, you know, and I think that's why she's been such a survivor. She's, she's just so professional and, you know, she, she doesn't speak out of school and, you know, she's got these incredible manners. But at the same time, you know, she's, she's a good chick. You know, she's a good bird, you know, like, and, and that's the word, not a woman, a yes, bird, yeah. you know, she's, you know, she, she, you know, she's, uh, doesn't take herself so seriously, but she's also got this decorum and, um, you know, this, uh, presence about her, which just makes people stop with mouths agape, you know? And sometimes you're a bit frightened of her, but the next minute you're absolutely ca- cracking up with her. So yeah, she's a, I, 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 I must say, like s- looking at my life, sometimes I think, holy moly, I get to work with Ida Batros every day, yeah, you know, on a panel just with must her. must be It's out. Just, freaky. Well, it's, and, 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 and just a real privilege. To be honest with you, a real privilege. She's a a superstar, and you know, someone who's not just my colleague, but someone who's my friend.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And you've got um, you've got John O. Coleman running the floor, <laughs> who's another industry veteran, but he's just a guy you, you, that he, has gone from you know being what he was to uh, overseas superstar to coming back home, and uh, again, someone who has so many great stories. Oh my
1: god, and he does not he's not shy about telling you them. He MC'd my wedding. He was hilarious. And um look, I I love I love Jono. He uh he uh, he had me over to his house for, um, Tom and I have to, over to his house for, for drinks before we got married. And he's got this, um, this underground bunker with all of his television memorabilia. And, you know, you just think, man, you've just been around the block so many times. He started when he was really young in TV. Yeah. And, you know, he's met every celebrity under the sun, has amazing stories to tell about. Each and every one of them has, you know, partied with the Rolling Stones and, you know, worked with some of the biggest names in the business. Um, And he's actually a really soft, lovely guy underneath it all as well. Like he – he loves a yarn. That's what he, he loves coming up to you and, and telling you what he's got up to on the weekend or, or making a, making an inappropriate joke off air, <laughs> which sometimes spill over to on air. Mm. Um, but again, he's got a wicked sense of humor. He's just an industry veteran, you know, and, um, he, he's got a great work ethic. I mean, he's, he's in early every morning. He's, you know, he's doing the, um, the advertorials, which pay our bills every day. You know, we're, he, I, I just think he's incredibly, Supremely watchable and entertaining, and yeah, I consider him a very dear friend as well.
0: It's just a lesson though for everybody, isn't it? In terms of no matter how big you make yourself, you've always got to be prepared to dig in and do the hard work. Because I mean, well, you know, touch wood—you never know when it's going to end.
1: Precisely. What did? What did? Um, what did? Um, what's his name? Um, Oh God, I've forgotten his name. He Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan's famous quote yeah. is, "One day you're cock of the walk, and the next day you're the feather duster. <laughs> you just don't know where it's going to go. And uh, there is there are, there is there is no room in this game for egos. And you look at the people who've been around the longest, and they are you know the people who have the best work ethic. Nothing's too hard. They're nice to everyone. Uh, what did even? Um, um, what's his name? The head. I can't think. I'm bloody losing my brain. The head of um, the, one of the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. Mick yeah. Jagger actually said that you should treat normal people like rock stars and rock stars like normal people. You know, and and, and that's the way forward in life. You it know, it makes
0: a lot of sense, doesn't yeah. it? Really,
1: be nice to everyone on the way up because when you come down, you're going to see yeah, them all yeah, again. Exactly right. Yeah.
0: Who have been the most influential people in your career and your life, um, first of all, I guess, as a journo and then now as a, a presenter?
1: Um, look, I think and I have so many different people um, that I look up to and who I've kind of tried to emulate for a number of different reasons. For example, I guess I'll start with the most recent. Um, you know, Jessica Rowe has been fabulous in teaching me to be honest on air, and just to be yourself and... Um, is that hard to actually share part of your life? Of course it air? is. Yeah. And I'll I tell you why, because if you're hiding behind a persona, if people don't like you, they don't like your persona. But if you're warts and all who you are, if people don't like you, they genuinely don't like who you are. Yeah. And letting go of, of that control can be a bit scary at the start. Um, but I, I've, I've watched Jessica do it and she... In the last couple of years, she has just become so bold and so brave and she doesn't give a stuff what anyone thinks of her. And I love that about her. Um, Same with Joe Hildebrand, actually. He has been um, incredible to watch in that he doesn't care what people think about him. He genuinely (laughs) does not give a flying... Continental. Correct. <laughs> um, he, you know, he just – but but, but for him, it's because it's about the work and what he's putting out, his output, rather than what everyone thinks about. You know, thinks about what he's putting out. He just – you know, he's a real worker bee. He is always – like, he sits here on set and writes his bloody Daily Telegraph columns, you know, in the ad breaks. He's I don't know how he working. finds the time. He's
0: prolific. Like, you sort of think about what he was doing last year. He was here. He was doing Drive on Triple M. He was writing columns, and then he's tweeting, live tweeting during Q&A every week. I was just like, man, do you not sleep? I know. No, he's, he's a workaholic, and um, he, he's from
1: a similar background, though, yeah. as me. Yeah, Single mum, has a commission home, doesn't take anything for granted, constantly thinks that his job is about to be ripped out from underneath him, so constantly keeps working, so he looks, uh, he looks valuable. But... Um, yeah, so, so, so on the show, those guys, I mean, Aita as well, I mean, she's, she's been incredible for just, you know, being tough and, 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 you know, not caring about, you know, what people in the background are kind of uh, banging on about, um, at nine, I had some wonderful, wonderful mentors who helped me write um, and and craft scripts, which I will f- be forever indebted to them for. Um, you know, putting together the art of putting together a script under pressure. You know, making. A TV story sing, um, you know, that they were just amazing. I've had a couple of fantastic female bosses, um, over the years, including one from, um, Brisbane who gave me my first job at Channel Nine, um, who I ran into only um, a couple of months ago. Catherine Cruz, her name is. She's still working as a producer at Nine, but, you know, she had a, a, a real kind of nose for news and she, you know, she kind of helped me get excited about, you know, tabloidy stuff, you know, and, uh-huh. and, and, and cause she had a, a newspaper background and, um, yeah, like she, she was definitely a massive influence, And uh, what? Who else? Gosh. Um, I mean, every day I'm blown away by the the talent of women on TV. Like, I look at someone like Chris Bath, who is just a rock star. She's got the best presenting style. It's so... Casual and natural, and you know she's again another good bird. You know uh, Tracy Grimshaw, whom has been very very good to me. She's been wonderful. Uh, Lee Sales as well. Carrie Bickmore. I mean, all these good good girls who are in positions where you know they're not they're not playing. Ten fifteen years ago,
0: they wouldn't have even been given the opportunity. And yeah, no. you've got to probably take your hat off to the people that gave them the opportunity and let them. Shine because it showed people that women can present on TV and be be news anchors and mm. and do all of those things that was probably not going uh, yarn event probably the rare exception they weren't yeah. given the opportunity to do
1: no that 's right and i think I think she was definitely a trailblazer, but I think as well another great quote that I read um, was you know I think a lot of people, a lot of women just came through and it was, they had that whole mentality of be so good that they can't ignore you. And it's true. All of those women that I've just rattled off and that like you see, you see these incredible young women that are coming up now as well. And you think, man, that is just, it, it's so good to see people like, you know, the uh, Edwina Bartholomews and Sylvia Jeffries, you know, coming through. Um, Coming through the ranks and still kind of, you know, bringing other incredible women up behind them, it's um, it's it's good to see and it's good to see that uh, the face of TV in Australia is changing. We're not just sidekicks and 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 we're the girls who don't say much. You know what I mean? We've yeah. actually we're, we're we're a driving force behind TV
0: shows. You mentioned there the craft of. Telling a story for TV and being a journalist that's able to convey a message. And it, it is, it's a real art. I mean, people mm-hmm. at home, Joe, Joe public might sit there and, and watch at night and just think that's an easy thing to do. But there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and goes mm-hmm. along with that, you know, from personal experience working in radio for such a long time. And I've still got mates today that say to me, so what do you do between the news? I portions? know. And I'm just like, are you serious? <laughs> like the, the page, the, the words just appear and they just come out of your radio just automatically. I'm just like, I it's the same with television. It's like you've got to go to the story, you've got to interview the people, you've got to come back, you've got to watch the the edit in the edit suite and then, you know, you've got to lay the voice down and all of that stuff. It takes time and it takes it effort. Does. and And writing something down that... Just the choice of words might take you half an hour. Oh, my God, yeah. you'll
1: agonise over an opening line that fits with that perfect shot because you've got to have the best pictures at the start of a new story. And then that grab, um, that, that quote from that person I've just interviewed, this is going to be the most powerful and it will fit in here and then I can write this piece of script which will link and turn the story this way. And I've got to add balance to the story and I've got to make sure that everyone's names are spelled correctly on the supers that oh. accompany the story. Well, and Sarah, you've got a whole day down. to do that. You know, I you're know. only on
0: air for one minute and- 10 seconds.
1: Well, that's right. That's right. And and that's the thing as well. Like the shorter the story, like if you have a minute 10 to tell a really complicated story, that's even harder because you've got to, you know, you've got to use brevity. You've, you know, you've got to get to the point very, very quickly. It's hard to tell a story like that. How good is
0: the art? I know this is the thing that I love most is just economy of words and just Nailing it in the fewest amount of words so possible. Good. And so that's where good. I think, I think that's where sort of people that come from a radio background and go to TV yeah. tend to nail it because they know that they've only got 30 seconds or 20 seconds to tell a story. So they've got to get jam all the facts in there and all the information and tell that story.
1: Definitely, definitely. You know, what I also found as well, like when I was on big stories, it's particularly natural disasters, I always found myself double-guessing and triple-guessing myself when I was writing scripts, going, oh, that's not too corny. I'm not overcooking the omelette here, am I? Because you don't want to, you know, just – write a story that's full of cliches because that wouldn't be respecting the people who've lost lives and homes and, 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 you know, and, and that type of thing. So, you know, you agonize about the message and the words that you're putting down. You don't just kind of bash out a script and then, you know, head home or head to the pub for drinks. It doesn't work like that. Um, but God, it's a good feeling, isn't it? When you're on deadline and, You've got a script that just sings, and yeah,
0: and setting you know that, that up that, yeah. for the news presenter. I mean, that's the same in in radio. If I've spent a bit of time being a producer, there's a great sense of satisfaction knowing that something that you've written or something that you put together has just come off seamlessly. There's yeah. There's no. There's there's like this. It, it's it's really hard to explain. It's you get this. You get this sensation in your body that just goes.
1: Nailed it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Especially especially when, you know, you've got the lead story for the day. And, um, you know, the lead story is obviously the most important story of the day. And when you're up against it, I mean, I've been sent out at 5 o'clock on stories that have needed to be up for 6. And it's been just a mad scramble. And, you know, I've actually been, you know, in a position where... That You know, I'm hearing the newsreader read the intro to my story as I'm putting a microphone on, your hands are sweating, and then all of a sudden you're getting composure and then you're having to speak and then throw to a story that you only just voiced with a, a raincoat over your head in the car 15 minutes earlier and the cameraman is just like, going, can you believe we've, we've pulled this off? You're just living on adrenaline in news, yeah. um, which is super exciting. Um god it makes your hair fall out doesn't it
0: <laughs> but it doesn't always go well have you had any instances where it's just gone to the toilet
1: yeah and look it's it's the shittiest feeling as well if you know when you've had I've had links that have failed you know you've been working so hard to get a story up and then all of a sudden the tape jams or or you know something happens you know the link falls out um I've 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 dropped the F bomb on air once. Oh, nice. <laughs> Four times in a row. Um, Where well, I didn't know I was on air at the time. And look, you know, sometimes, some and you can feel it. It's almost like, you know, when you fall off a, bi- falling off a bike as a kid and it wouldn't happen quickly, yeah. it would all feel like it was in slow motion. Slow motion,
0: like a car accident. It's like that. Yeah. It's
1: like that. And um, oh, my God, I've certainly had a number yeah. of those. But the thing cases. about it is, is
0: that you fall off the bike. A couple of people might watch you, but you know, when you're live on air on National Nine News. Might be a couple of million,
1: yeah. That's right, that's right. Yeah, it is, and it's it's um, and you know, it's funny that actually gave me that and, and thinking about that. And I had to stop thinking about who was watching at home, especially doing the live stuff because that would give me a sense of stage fright at times and make me really, really nervous. Yep. And you just had to, you just had to go, I've got to get a story out. I'm talking to my cameraman, that's it. Oh, yeah, and so it's the same with radio, picture. you're just
0: sitting in a little, little room, not knowing who's out there, but you always, I found. Surprised by who's listening or who's watching. It's, crazy, it's just like you huh? never, you never, you never know who's listening when or who's watching, watching when you. You get a text or you get an email or something. If I'm doing stuff that's networked into to Brisbane, we've got distant relatives that that live there, and all of a sudden, Mum will get a phone call saying, "It's Ralph to Brisbane." <laughs> No, no,
1: but it's it's kind of freaky. Yeah, it is. It's 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 bizarre. It is it is bizarre, but um hey, it's our crazy little job.
0: Yeah, and you've covered as you mentioned before quite a few events. What was it like going to something like the London Olympics for for example?
1: That was amazing. Really really full on, big days. Um that was it was it was incredible though. Um I loved doing that. Um I kind of and I don't want to say enjoy because I don't think anyone who enjoys being in traumatic – I don't think anyone enjoys being in a traumatic situation, but I found the most rewarding thing for me was covering uh, big disasters um, and, um, you know, getting the chance to tell stories and help get information out there when it's really been necessary. I went through a period where – It was disaster after disaster. It was like, you know, it was the the, the Victorian bushfires and then the Queensland floods. Then there was Cyclone Yasi, remember? Then there was the big Christchurch earthquake. Yeah. And it was just, it was relentless. But you could, you know, you kind of would get to the end of the day after working these these huge days and talking to people and going, you know, I think I did my job well today. Yeah. I think I, I played a part in getting information out there or helping the authorities or, you know, help helping locals tell their story.
0: It was It was rewarding but tough work. There's the other side of that too, though. You're almost like emergency services workers because you're on the scene and people are going through complete and utter devastation and you're there Asking them to tell their story. Do you ever walk away from stories like that feeling completely like traumat- an asshole? Like, well, not, <laughs> not, not not like an asshole, but oh, I guess that side of it as well. But like completely traumatized and just just I guess energy sapped from just seeing the, the devastation that yeah, people are going through.
1: Def- definitely. And um, look, I you know I think it, it would never. I'm no, not even in the same stratosphere as emergency services, but like you know we're human and um, you do. You do take that on board. I mean, I remember when I first got to the Victorian bushfires, Black Saturday bushfires were there sort of within the first 12 hours and there was a line of cars, um, that had all crashed into each other. They'd been trying to, to get out of, um, get out of a suburb that was being engulfed by flames, but the smoke was so thick that they'd all crashed into each other and burned to death in their cars. And it was such, it was, it was just such a full on, Image and and memory and, um, yeah and 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 seeing people who you know had lost family and their homes who were just it was just like the emotion that came from them. I mean, you know, I, I certainly don't want to say you know, if, woe woe is me, woe is a, a journalist because this is the job we do. But God, you, you can't help but but take it on board and you know it's uh. It's it's it, it's it's a bit relentless to um, to be in those situations, and you also grapple as well with the whole thing of sh- should I really be here <laughs> as yeah. a journo? You know, like do I do I? There's that to be... moral
0: dilemma? Is there like... real... look,
1: there is.
0: You're being. Um, we do have a job to do. Yeah, you have been ridden hard by your boss to sort of get it done, and you know. Talk to these people in uh, traumatic circumstances.
1: But at the same time, you're like, I don't want to go up and ask these people how no. they feel. I know they feel like shit. I know that they're devastated that they lost their house or whatever. Like, I don't want, like, and it, it is really hard. And, and you know, it's funny, especially because this kind of leads into the whole door knock debate, you know, the death knock debate uh, that journos often have. And that's where, you know, you're sent out by your chief of staff to knock on the door of the family of someone who's died and ask them if they want an interview. And, you know, some people, they answer the door and they call you a vulture and you feel like a vulture and it's a really shitty position to be in. But there are other times where you're welcomed into the house, you're given a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and whoever the family just wants to talk, and they want to tell their story, and they want to remember their loved one, and they they want to share um, a lesson or or, or or a bit of a story or whatever with everyone out there, and you know you do feel like you are helping them do that. Look, it's 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 a it's a moral dilemma that journal space every single day yeah. and um you know when when people call you that
0: you do think shit am i
1: <laughs> you think probably yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably yeah
0: but you've still got a job to do yeah. um i guess i've well, just you've been very generous with your time today right. we'll sort of wrap things up in a minute just a couple of things we touched on it earlier about you know your gen y numbers there that don't really necessarily pull their weight but What advice would you give to somebody who is an aspiring journalist or a TV presenter?
1: I would say be curious and be really hungry. Um, Don't get into media for the fame. Get into it. You're looking at it the wrong way if that's what you're after, you know. It's... um, sort of like pay or the pay or the pay no no definitely not get into it because you love telling a story that you thrive on adrenaline that you like talking to people that you're genuinely interested in what other people have to say that you you want to help make the world a, a bit of a better place you know that you want to tell a story and um that you like if you like writing that's another great reason to get into it but don't don't think it's a way of you know of 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 building a a better social media profile or something mm. like that you know it's um to be a journalist, you need to be curious you need to be interested in the world around you and um you need to be willing to work bloody hard
0: for it so it goes back to that premise of just turning up and doing whatever yeah to get turn your foot up in the door.
1: absolutely and you know we've, it's it's funny because you know we just sort of sat here and bagged Jen why but There was a fabulous, fabulous work experience girl that we had here at Studio 10, her name's Celestina, and she was just a standout from the very beginning. She would fall over herself to do the most menial tasks, anything we wanted, she was on it. She got a job within three months because she was so good that she couldn't be ignored. Then when all the cuts happened on Wake Up and in the news, she lost her job. Ida was so impressed with her that she went to the boss of Channel 10 and said, this girl is so good, you need to give, give her job back, and she got her job back. Wow. So, you know, don't think you know it all. <laughs> Be w- willing and ready to learn um, and work hard and it's yours for the taking, really. It's it's, it, you know, I, I grew up with nothing, and you know this whole thing of like, it, no, everyone's not created equally, but you know if you're if you're willing to work hard for something, it's totally yours. You can so get it.
0: That's great advice. Yeah. Um, finally, what's what kind of mother do you think you'll be?
1: Uh, a good one, I hope. Um, I think I'm pretty relaxed. I think I'm pretty relaxed, but apparently that can change after the kid arrives. Um, look, I, I, I hope I'm a happy mum. I hope I'm, I don't get too stressed out. I think I'm pretty relaxed. I'm having a boy, um, which I feel is a really big responsibility because I think, um, it's important to raise strong, good men. Um, particularly when we're seeing a, a domestic violence crisis group our nation at the moment. I keep hearing that boys are just beautiful and they love their mums, <laughs> which is great. Um, I'm looking forward to having just a little boy who loves his mama. Um, but, yeah. I, I, is there
0: anything I, that you're scared of or worried about?
1: Um, well, it's, it's, it's a big responsibility to to, to have a totally. child, you know, and to bring them up and to kind of be the person who shapes their future.
0: And the world's changed a whole lot since we were kids, like in terms of there was no internet. There was no, you know, cyberbullying or anything like that. So like the thing that worries me about parenting the most is when they get to those teenage years, what will be the fad then?
1: I know. But you know what and you know what else worries me? I, I, I really hope that I am a mother who doesn't molly coddle. Yeah. Is it right? Um, I really hope I'm a mother who doesn't mollycoddle their kids and I I want my children to grow up being resilient and strong and I hope I can do that by being a strong female
0: role model for just them. Just give them enough rope and then just pull them back when you need to. Yeah, that's know? right. The independence thing is, a, is, is right. a great thing to formulate their own personalities and views and all that kind of Exactly,
1: exactly. Give them enough rope and maybe they'll do rope tricks, as Andrew Denton once said.
0: <laughs> Sarah Harris, thanks very much for your time.
1: Pleasure, Ralphie.
0: There she is, Sarah Harris from Channel 10. I'm sure you'll agree that she's just so enthusiastic about everything she does in life and deserves every bit of success that comes her way. If you really enjoyed my chat with Sarah today, send her a tweet, at Sarah Harris. I'm sure she'd be happy to receive that. We've also got our Twitter account here, which is at MediaMatesAU. There's also a Facebook page, so please check that out by all means. And also head along to iTunes and leave a review, uh, subscribe, and also leave a rating. That'll make sure that other people find out about the show. So that'd be greatly appreciated from my point of view as well. I've got some really exciting guests lined up for the next few weeks for the show, so I hope you can join me on the next episode of MediaMates. My name's Ralph Tucker, and I'll catch you next time.